Hello, welcome to Tales of the Pale. This is Terrence Smith, and I'm coming to you from my closet, which seems to be the best place to record this podcast. I'm told that a lot of people do that. Um, it's a little weird. Anyway, this week I'm going to read from my third book in the Legends of the Pale series. Now, each of these books is supposed to be a standalone novel, and... 99% of the what's in it is, but book three takes up the story of Murmur and Gabriella. And because Murmur is a demon and tied to Lou, um, the characters from book one, Keely and Lou, or Lugos, also known as Lugos, are prominent in book three. So... You could read book three and then go back and read book one, um, or you could just read book three and never touch book one. But if you happen to have read book one, I I urge you to pick up book three because you will really enjoy the story. It's just so much depth is there. Um, today, I'm going to read from chapter one, which lays the groundwork for this book. So if you're ready, here we go. Chapter one. Murmur hated boats. He always had. No matter the age or size of the vessel, he detested the constant rocking. Keeley groaned. For heaven's sake, Murmur, it's a yacht, not a boat, and it's beautiful here. How can you not be enjoying yourself? She was sitting in the lounge chair next to him and waved one tan arm to encompass the blue water and the far too distant island. He'd been in a foul mood from the moment he'd stepped on deck. Stop reading my mind, he replied with a low grumble. Though she seemed unaware of it, Murmur had felt her briefly touch his mind, like a butterfly pausing only to flutter away again. In all honesty, she had a right to invade his mind, and he shouldn't complain. He was a demon and her protector when Lou was away. Lou knows I hate boats. As soon as he returns from doing Ryanon's latest bidding, I wish you'd ask him to take us back to the island. Murmur's eyes were killing him. Even with his dark sunglasses, the bright light of the Caribbean was giving him a headache. Keely lowered her chin and glanced over the rim of her own dark glasses. I know you'd rather be back in Atlanta. I'm sorry Lou insisted that you come along. She slid her sunglasses back in place and turned her face to catch the sun's rays. Though I have to admit it, I like spending time with you. Murmur gave a half-hearted grunt. He liked her as well. She was unique, a newly made goddess. The god Lu and the goddess Ryanon had managed something remarkable, even for them. Keely was Lu's only love. Only recently, she'd been mortal, locked in the cycle of death and rebirth, forever returning to Lu lifetime after lifetime, only for death to separate the two lovers. Murmur had failed to protect her during one of those lifetimes. It was something he bitterly regretted. Your eyes were green when you peeked over those rims. If I recall, mortal Keeley had brown eyes. The bikini-clad goddess sighed. Ugh, I like green better. Brown is way harder to project than it looks. For the first time since boarding Lou's wandering love boat, Murmur chuckled. That's why he nags you to practice. It needs to become second nature. At some point, we'll leave this place and return to Georgia. 
You'll have to at least pretend nothing has changed so Keeley's mortal mother doesn't suffer a heart attack as soon as she sees you. Lou tells me she's a bit of a religious zealot and is utterly convinced he's kidnapped you. Keeley giggled. A moment later, she lowered her glasses again. How's this? That's Hazel. Think hot chocolate. Damn it! Keeley shoved her glasses back in place and after a few minutes said, She means well. I'm sure she does, he agreed. He'd never met the mortal, nor would he ever. By design, his race was completely invisible and absolutely inaudible to all but the gods and other demons. It made him the perfect warrior, the ultimate assassin. Why were you given the ability to change your skin color if only other demons and the gods can see you? She asked, her presence having brushed against his mind yet again. Murmur glanced down at his dark mahogany skin. He then consciously lightened it to more closely match Keeley's sun-kissed color. So that I'm pleasing to the company I keep. You and Lou care little, but some of the gods are particular in their aesthetic preferences. Keeley scrunched her nose in distaste. That's awful. I'm a demon, Keeley, fashioned by the gods and bound to Lou for all eternity. On the whole, I can tell you that the gods are a selfish lot. Current company exempt, of course. Keeley sat up and swung her bare legs over the edge of her chair. I'm sorry, Murmur, I didn't remember that you don't like boats. I'll get us back to the island as soon as Lou returns. The memory of mortal Keeley are still the easiest for me to access. The other lifetimes are less clear, though I know. Murmur laid one large hand on her arm to stop her from continuing. In truth, to hear a god apologize, even a newly made goddess, made him distinctly uncomfortable. I'm fine, Keeley. Contrary to my feelings for the other gods, I like you. You're generous and brave with no small amount of sass to keep life interesting. Lou is lucky to have you. Murmur could feel her pulse beneath the pads of his fingers and the blood surging just under the golden skin, so he removed his hand from her arm. Unexpectedly, his incisors lengthened in anticipation. But the demon pushed away the clawing hunger he felt and leaned back in the lounge chair. To hide his fangs from her, he laid a wet hand towel over his glasses and face. He would need to feed soon, and Lou had yet to explain to Keeley what that entailed. I hope you never let him forget just how lucky he is, he finished, his baritone voice only marginally muffled by the fabric. Keeley laughed. He says I'm going to give him gray hairs. Gods don't get gray hairs. Yes, they do, replied Lou, shimmering into his natural form. Tied as he was to Lou, Murmur had felt the gods pending arrival, so he didn't flinch at Lou's sudden appearance. From beneath the weight of the cool towel, he was aware of Keeley leaping from her deck chair to throw herself at Lou. Murmur groaned and did his best to ignore the two besotted lovers. Miss me? Always. You do know the two of you are hard to be around, right? Murmur lowered the cloth, his fangs now safely hidden. Keeley's long legs were wrapped around Lou's narrow hips. Like most of the gods, Lou had been called many names by mortals. Lugos, Lou, Thor. But Lou the god-killer was the one appellation his kin had good reason to remember. With blue water and sky as a backdrop, it was easy to recall the time when most mortals had named him Apollo. 
I think we should take Murmur back to the island, Keeley purred, her legs sliding down the golden god's frame until her feet once again touched the deck. In contrast with Lou's immaculate white shirt and slacks, Murmur wore only a pair of swim trunks. He'd long since stripped off the gaudy Hawaiian shirt because of the sun's unrelenting heat. His body was a warrior's body, hard with muscle and scarred from centuries of fighting for Lou. The faint white starburst below his left ribs had only recently healed. Murmur longed for a cool breeze, a bit of shade, and relief from the almost constant thirst he felt. Lou eyed Murmur, one eyebrow lifting in question. We will have to make our way back home, he stated. When Keeley started to protest, Lou put a single finger to her pouting lips. But I will have you all to myself one more night on this yacht. Murmur will just have to endure. How are you doing with changing your eye color? He lowered her glasses himself. What do you think, Murmur? He turned Keeley in his arms so that she faced the demon. Murmur lowered his own glasses and squinted against the harsh light. His eyesight was made for low light, not this forsaken water wasteland. Close. Keep thinking chocolate. Milk chocolate, not dark. But I believe she's nearly ready. Lou had kept Keeley away from Salem, Georgia, and her mortal mother and friends for nearly a year, begrudgingly leaving Keeley in Murmur's care only when the goddess Ryanon summoned him for some task. Unfortunately, he owed the red-haired goddess big time, according to Lou. Ryanon, true to her nature, was taking full advantage of Lou's sense of honor. Ryanon again? Keeley asked, leaning into the shelter of Lou's body and encircling his neck with one arm. It's a small thing. It won't take me long. But she's sending Griffin back to me, and I should make certain that he's good with everything. Murmur mimicked Lou by arching a single questioning eyebrow at him. Griffin was entirely human, someone Lou had recruited to monitor the internet for him. And she's explained all about the pale? Murmur inquired. Lou nodded. Apparently, Rhinon did so in great detail. I've had to triple his pay, and I'm sure there will be no end to the list of gadgets he's going to want me to purchase now that he's got an inkling of how wealthy the gods are. But I'm more interested in judging for myself his mental state, Murmur finished, while Keeley absently ran her fingers through the short blonde hairs at the base of Lou's neck. Distracted, Lou gave Murmur a curt nod. And what supernatural beings make up the pale? he asked, turning his full attention back to the goddess in his arms. Keeley rolled her eyes. It was hardly the first time Lou had quizzed her on such matters. The scheming witches, the power-struggling shifters, the temperamental dragon king, the elusive but decidedly dangerous fae, the deeply misunderstood demon clans. Keeley paused to incline her head toward Murmur with a smile. He grinned back, bowing as best he could from where he sat. And the occasional pissed-off demigod, she finished, looking up at Lou. And the werewolves, Lou reminded her. He then kissed her lightly on the forehead and turned his blue eyes to murmur. With all that, Griffin's biggest concern is you. Why murmur? Keeley asked, glancing back at the demon. For the same reason you feared him when you were mortal, because he's a demon, and humans don't understand what Murmur's race really is, Lou patiently explained. The blonde god placed another light kiss on her cheek, as though he couldn't seem to help himself. 
I need to speak with Murmur alone for a moment. Would you mind terribly if I asked you to go down to the galley to make me a sandwich? Keeley grinned up at him. I get it. You don't want me listening. She rose up on her tiptoes to nibble at the faint whiskers along his jawline. Just so we're clear, I'm never going to be the good little wife and make myself scarce every time a man wants to plot and plan with his best friend. Of course you will. You adore me. She laughed. That I do. Lou playfully swatted her barely clad bottom the moment she sashayed away to do his bidding. Ouch! And just so we're clear, my love, I prefer to have my irresistible wife waiting for me in our bedroom, where I can find her after I'm done plotting and planning. Keep dreaming, buddy, Keeley snapped, but then grinned over her shoulder in invitation. Murmur covered his eyes with a towel again and moaned as the two looked at each other like lovesick fools. Someone get me off this boat. You guys are killing me. Sorry, Murmur, Keeley cooed. He heard the sound of her feet as she scurried away. When she was gone, Lou drew close enough to cast a shadow. Murmur lowered the almost dry towel. What do you require? he asked tiredly sliding the sunglasses on to protect his eyes. When was the last time you fed? At Ryan Ons. The memory of what the goddess had demanded of him at the time confirmed everything he'd ever thought about Ryan On. That was months ago. Nothing since then? Nothing of consequence. Why the hell not? Murmur felt Lou touch his mind. It was a white heat he'd long ago learned to endure. He raked a hand through his dark hair, which was touching his shoulders, longer than he liked to keep it. Because you've insisted on such remote locations, I didn't want to draw too much attention. Lou sighed, but brought his wrist level with Murmur's mouth. Do it quickly while Keeley's below deck. I should have paid closer attention. Murmur knew it was as close to an apology as Lou was going to give him. His hunger rose sharply, and his incisors lengthened with the god's command. Without hesitation, Murmur bit into Lou's wrist right over the pulse. He then took what he needed from the god. Gulped greedily at the fresh blood, his cells starved for nutrients. Strength began to flow into tired muscles. His headache receded. The terrible thirst he'd endured since his injury began to fade. What are you doing? Keeley's abrupt return prompted Murmur to close off the wound in Lou's wrist long before he was sated. He was careful not to leave any evidence of blood on the god's wrist or his own mouth. He's feeding me, Murmur answered, pushing Lou's wrist away before the blonde god could sugarcoat the truth for Keeley. As gods require energy of their followers to live and thrive, demons require blood. In a voice meant for Lou's hearing alone, he mumbled, Thank you. I was going to have to seek you out if you didn't offer soon. Lou just nodded, his mind remaining connected for a few more seconds before the heat of his presence withdrew from Murmur's mind. Like a vampire? Keeley asked with a touch of horror. Vampires aren't real, Keeley, Lou answered, his voice calm and reassuring. Though demons are the most likely reason the myth persists. They cast no reflection, can be felt but not seen, travel at great speed, and require blood to survive. Murmur is bound to me through a blood bond. 
he can survive for long periods of time using the blood of mortals. But to be at his full strength and to heal wounds like the gaping hole he sustained during the attack on you, he needs the blood of a god. Ryanon had been donating while you were healing as a favor to me. And is that why you've got to go every time she breaks a nail? Lou nodded again. She wanted murmur for herself, but he's been with me too long. I couldn't let her have him. Well, that's good to know, Murmur grumbled. I didn't know my ownership was in question. Ownership, Healy cried. Lou, that's barbaric. The blonde god had the good sense to grimace. Healy had been human not that long ago and could not possibly understand what such a bond entailed. Because Lou could enter his demon's mind at will, he and Murmur had no secrets. You're a friend, Murmur. Lou replied aloud for Keeley's benefit. Despite knowing the depths of Lou's attachment to him, Murmur snapped back. Am I? He snatched his discarded shirt from the deck floor and rose from the chair in one swift motion. It doesn't always feel that way to me. I know you don't like Ryan on and only put up with her because I ask it of you. And yes, Murmur, I consider you a friend. I did not create the dynamic between God and demon. No, you did not, he admitted. I'm just, Murmur hesitated. In a foul mood, Keeley inserted. Murmur grunted. He definitely was. But he owed Lou the whole truth. Lou's insistence on only truth between the two of them was why Murmur had decided so many centuries ago to serve this particular god. And because of their blood bond, Murmur would always need Lou far more than the god would need him. Any other god could donate in an emergency, but Murmur would always need to return to Lou to feel sated. He raked his hands through his hair once again and made his confession. I dream of a woman. Keeley started to ask something, but Lou forestalled her by pulling her to him. Demons do not dream, Murmur. Murmur immediately felt Lou invade his mind again. He didn't resist the god's intrusion. It was Lou's right. But Murmur felt enormously protective of his dream woman. As a rule, they do not, but I have been dreaming nonetheless. It is always the same. She has never spoken to me. She's young. Murmur's dark eyes locked with Lou's blue ones. Though I know it should be impossible, she can see me. All of me. Even into my soul if I have one. Of course you have one, Keeley insisted. Lou didn't immediately respond. Instead, the god took the time to weigh his words and scan Murmur's memories. Are you certain she isn't a demon? She's no demon, Murmur answered, grateful that Lou hadn't probed too deeply. The god had only wanted to assure himself that Murmur spoke truth to him. And what would you do if you found her? Lou pressed. Murmur had been asking himself that same question for months. Demons did not dream, but he was now dreaming of her almost constantly. He had her scent, knew what it was to touch her, to be seen by her, to be heard and to hear her breath against his ear. And yet he did not know what she was or even if she was real. I only know I'll never find out while I'm trapped on this boat or restricted to areas you deem safe for me to roam. 
Are you asking to be released from my service? Do you want to return home to the demon realm? Lou asked, his voice calm, patient. Murmur shook his head no. He needed Lou. The bargain he'd made with the golden god had been an eternal one. Lou had always treated him fairly, entrusting him with more freedom than the other gods thought wise. Over the centuries, the god's affection for him had deepened. Murmur knew that Lou had long since stopped thinking of him as just a servant. He was now more like a brother than a friend, though the god would never permit himself to claim Murmur as family. I need time and your permission to search, to see if this is real or not. He'll give you his permission, won't you, Lou? It's not that simple, Keeley, Lou replied. Murmur watched Lou gently pull Keeley's body tight against his much larger frame and protectively wrap himself around her. Murmur wasn't even sure the god was aware of what he was doing. As a demon, Murmur shared many of the same powers as the, as the gods and had never much reason to envy them. His worst burden had always been loneliness. Yet, he'd found a way to exist without being seen or heard except by a select few. The craving for blood, so abhorrent to mortals, had always been natural to his kind. It wasn't until Lou and Ryanon had transformed Keeley that Murmur had begun to dream of his own mysterious woman. He'd begun to crave something other than blood. Lou rested his chin against the crown of Keeley's head and sighed almost wearily. Do you have any idea where she might be? Murmur shrugged, just a ripple of muscle that betrayed the enormous strength of his kind. North of here, that's all I have at the moment. When we get back to Atlanta, maybe I'll know more. All right. Go to the island tonight, where you'll be more comfortable. Keeley and I will remain here. We'll meet you on the plane tomorrow. Once I have Keeley safely back in Atlanta, you can begin your search. But Murmur, if I have need of you, I will expect you to return to me immediately. Of course. Thank you. Murmur spared Keeley a sad smile, and then his image melted away into nothing, mere molecules of air moving across the water toward the single, distant island. So ends Chapter 1 of The Dreams of Demons. And I'm just going to have to leave you there. So I hope you pick up this book. It really is one of my very favorite books that I've written. Murmur is one of my very favorite characters, um, mainly because he is so deliciously ignorant where women are concerned. Thank you again for listening to Tales of the Pale, and I hope you have a lovely weekend. And I also hope I'll see you back here next week.